this morning comes from Saints. As you know, we count as blessed those who have persevered. You have heard of Job's perseverance and have seen what the Lord finally brought about. The Lord is full of compassion and mercy. This is the word of God for the people of God.
And I ask, uh, what lion are you surrounded by? What fear do you need to face? What are you what's preying upon your life, your soul, that's causing things to come, be thrown up in the air? And Daniel continued to remain faithful. He drew a line of Satan. Well, this morning we're, we're looking at good old Job. Dave, did you really read all 40? Did you read all the whole book of Job? Did you really? Wow, I just, I'm impressed. And not only does he have has a good way of a microphone on a Sunday, he reads Job and gets to understand that. that Job's you know, a big, big book. Some say that Job also was uh, the, the first, the oldest of all the books that we look back in the history of time uh, as we kind of put a reflection of for us, Job. Uh, good old Job. And uh, as part of Job, uh, I got some more room here. I'm going to just symbolically here as a group. Have you ever found yourself, let's hold that right there, at the end of the rope? Have you ever, like, like, have you just found yourself like the, at the end of my rope? Yeah. Have you ever been at the end of the rope? Yeah, sure have. I think all of us have been at the end of the rope at one point or another. And we can take that a lot of ways if in the, in the 17th century, 18th century, 19th century, you're into the rope. You don't want to be at the end of the rope, do you? But figuratively speaking, I'm just kind of, I'm on the last, I'm on the last thread. I'm at the very end. I'm lost. I'm hopeless. I'm helpless. Have you ever felt that way? Just end your rope. Well, maybe it happens. So let's just figuratively. I, and I know the sparse crowd we have here this morning, uh, getting this bucket around. Uh, but uh, here's your in the rope. So we're going to piece. Because <laughs> we're going to come back to this piece of rope a little bit later. Have you ever felt at the end of the rope? Like, I'm done. This is, this is it. I, I'm at the end. I'm, I'm done. You know what that all to me says for us is um, why do bad things happen to good people? That's a question to ask yourself when you're at the end of the road. Why do bad things happen to good people? California fires. Devastation, loss of life. Why do bad things happen to good people? Puerto Rico experienced a hurricane. Can you imagine? Lots of things we, we can't imagine. Can you imagine being without power? Three weeks, four weeks, five weeks, without power? I couldn't stand it for 24 hours. Someone's got to do something about this. I want my power. Puerto Rico. I would say this. Why do bad things happen to good people? Can we say Texas and Florida and the hurricanes? Wind blowing through, high water. There's plenty of good people that probably suffered one way or another. Why do, why do bad things happen to good people?
another way of asking the question, does God hate I'm out in the road, God. I'm lost. I lost my job. I'm out in the road. I lost my wife. I lost my husband. I lost my grandparents. I'm out the end. God, do you care? Don't you see all these bad things happen to me? I'm a good person. Let's uh, read this verse together again. Message translation. Let's begin. What a gift life is to those who stay the course. You have heard, of course, of Job's staying power. You know how God brought it all together for you at the end. That's because God cares, cares right down to the last detail. There you go. The question, does God care about the last detail? Like that dot or that circle at the end is where the draw a line of sand is. We drew a line of the sand and we're at the end and we say to ourselves, Why did I say yes to this? God, why did you put me here? I'm at the end and I'd like just to cover up the sand, start all over again, and go someplace else. But you're already at the end of the rope. You're already at the end. And you got to have the question answered. Does God care? Why do bad things happen to good people? God, why do you have me hanging here at the end of my rope? Well, here's, here's the good news. Here's the good news. You see, the Bible, the story of Job, this worship experience, it's a truth wrapped up in human beings to give you hope. There's people in our community that have no hope. I'm just wondering as we at the end of this message how we can, because they're not, no one's going to hear this on TV. They might be looking for it, but maybe this is the place that they can experience the good news. <clears throat> well, heroes face disaster with worship. Now that, that's, now that is a, that's a mountain. You mean I have to worship the Lord God Almighty when I'm at the end of my road? Yes. Not because you have to, because you want to. Here. Job, and if you want to follow the outlines, the first one you fill in, Job worshiped God, even as his world crashed down around him. He lost everything. He lost his home, his material possessions. He lost his fame. He got all kinds of sores. He was a disaster. He was a good person. But bad things were happening to him. Unjust. Job worshipped God even as the world crashed around him. And we know this because if you read chapter 1 and a few verses there, um, 
At this, Job got up, tore his robe. In, in those times, that's you know, a sign of, of humility, a sign of grief, a sign of, of painful, painful agony. Shaved his head. Then he fell to the ground and worshipped. Naked I come from my mother's womb. Naked I will depart. The Lord gave the Lord his Lord gave, and the Lord has taken away. Then he said, May the name of the Lord, Yahweh, may the name of the Lord be praised. So in the midst of it, he lost everything. He said, God, I did my end of the rope. You're all I got. And then 22, and all this, all this pain, all this natural disaster came upon him. He did not sin by charging God with wrongdoing. I think, I believe you can be angry. I think you can be angry with God. Because you don't understand. God, I'm angry with you. I, that's not to say, you know, what Job did not do, I mean, he was probably confused, but he did not the little God. He was made angry at God. God, here I am. I'm angry at you. Trying to make sense of everything, but God, I still wouldn't have a relationship. There's two ways you can take anger out. You have anger and you destroy the person. Or you have anger and begin still talking to the person. This is God. They're talking about. So Job, he, he knows exactly what you're feeling. He knows exactly what you're going through. Job knows. Job worships God. Even his world is crashing all around him. Uh, anybody here know the group Mercy Me? It's a Christian group, a favorite Christian group. Yeah, there's some fantastic songs, great, great songs. And I heard a song the other day, and in essence, it's it's the rest. Why do bad things happen to good people? God, I'm here before you, and uh, I want to do the right thing. I desire to do the right thing, and I have a hard time worshiping you. And help me out. So one line is this. It's easy to sing when there's nothing to bring me down. When everything's good, everything's fine. You got a great, sizable bank account. You got a great job, great wife, great husband. Everything's just working together well. Everything's good. You're praising God. You're, you're saying, that's real good. I can sing to you at that time. Nothing to bring me down. But... What will I say when I'm held to the flame like I am right now? What do I do? Well, the title of the song is Even If. So I want you to hear, and it's just audio, just hear some of the words as they sing this. I'm going to probably play from the first chorus and just listen to the, to the words there.
started to fall apart. Have you ever felt like you're falling apart? And Jim the rope and uh, facing disasters. Uh, Romans 5, verse 3 and 4 says, We continue to shout praise even when we're hemmed in with troubles. Because we know how troubles can develop passionate patience in us. And how the patience in turn forges the tempered steel of virtue, keeping us alert for whatever God will do next. And there you have it. We worship, we praise God, and miss our troubles because if we don't, we're going to miss the very next thing that God has for us. We won't be alert. We'll be just staring at our belly button. We'll say, poor me, poor self. And we don't see what God has for us to be alert when we're praising God. <clears throat> so even if, God, you do not answer my prayer, I still have hope in you. Well, there's disasters, but also there's facing discouragement to take. Good old Job has some friends. In the, Bible, in the scripture, he had four. And uh, uh, I think we're friends. Uh, he didn't need enemies. He was uh, being discouraged by the very people that were, let's say, there to help. Oh yes, they're trying to say the right thing. You know, you know, it happens sometimes. Uh, you know, we tell someone everything's going to be okay. And you're melted into a puddle, and you're hurting, and it's not going to be okay. Everything is for you. I don't feel it's going to be okay. And sometimes we see in the friend's advice that Job wasn't the right time, the right place. And he felt discouraged because they were pointing, Job, don't you have something to be forgiven for? Isn't there some kind of sin in your life? And he couldn't think of anything, didn't see anything, didn't know of anything. And he felt and believed that he was still living in integrity. And that's the next line in your outline. Despite the encouragement of those around him, Job knew he lived with integrity. And that's the common word for the past four weeks. Integrity. Grit. Commitment to, to a, a higher purpose. Integrity. And living within those bounds. Grit. Remember the very first week? You want to buy grit? Calvin and you know, I went to, uh, to see Wicked down in the Center down uh, in Cincinnati. And uh, Stephen Schwartz is a composer and lyrics of the uh, musical Wicked, uh, not the book. But uh, I found this quote by him, I thought it was quite interesting. Those who don't try never look foolish. Those who don't try never look foolish. And how I would take that as, as a pastor, as a Christian, as a person, how I interpret that line brought me to 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians, I think, 27. And uh, Paul tells the Corinthians, God chooses the foolish things of this world to shame the wise. Don't you think Job was pretty foolish? I mean, from the outside, Job, what, what's going on here? You must have done something wrong. You look awful, awful foolish. Shouldn't you something you should change, something you should do differently? 
And what he was doing, he was completely being obedient to God. That made him foolish. You draw a line of sand, take a stand for something of great value, great worth, eternal purpose, you are going to look foolish. You're going to be swimming upstream. You're not going to be encouraged. You might be discouraged from doing what you do. My, 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 the road just falling all apart. You know that then, your mind is like four or five pieces already. God just work on one piece. Well, Brene Brown and my wife Amy introduced me to her and love her understandings around uh, integrity, vulnerability, shame, and just a lot of different words as a person of, of uh, emotional nature. But this is her definition of integrity. Integrity is choosing courage over comfort. <clears throat> courage over comfort. Choosing what is right over what is fun, fast, and easy. Oh boy. There you go. I lost everybody now. So I, I, want this, I want Christianity to be fun, easy, and fast. Choosing to practice our values rather than simply professing them. See, that's what the world sees about Christianity. You talk all you want about what you profess, but let's see, let's put these values into practice. And that's why I say we need to put an emotion we hear from God. Because if we don't put an emotion we hear from God, well, you're just all talk. That's how we help an unbelieving world to become a believing world when we practice what we value, what God values. So that's a take. So, Job 27, verse 6, in the message translation, and I added my little, my little tagline, I'm holding fast to my integrity and not losing my grip at the end of my rope. And believe me, I'll never regret it. I'll never regret it. That's how Job got through I mean, I, I don't think I could ever, but all Joe went through, I don't know if I'd make it. But we've got the grace of God. And then what it's all about anyway, by the grace of God. God asks us to do our part in faith, but it's by the grace of God. Hebrews faced difficulties with dignity. Here's a riddle uh, I heard several years ago. As I was going to St. Ives, I met a man with seven wives. Each wife had seven cats. Each cat had seven kids. Kids. How many kids, cats, and wives went to St. Ives? Now, that's the riddle. Some of us may have heard it before, and we know the answer. Others are getting our pencil and paper out. This is really hard. I don't know. Let me see. Let me get my phone out and we calculate that up. So as I was going to St. Ives, I met a man with seven wives. Seven wives had seven cats, and seven cats had seven kittens. How many kids, cats, and wives were going to St. Ives? Okay, who knows the answer? Somebody? 
Jesus section? Someone said zero. How many said 144,000? Anybody? <laughs> yeah. As I was going to St. Ives, the question was, how many were going to St. Ives? I would catch the watch. So the answer is zero. But some said, now wait a minute, Pastor. In that riddle, in my mind, I see this man walking along and all of a sudden he catches up. The whole family, wives and cats, and they're going to the same place. That's how many. <laughs> Have you ever been distracted by so many other stuff, other stuff you forget where you're going? <laughs> Have you ever been so distracted by so much other stuff that you forget where you're going? As I was going to St. Ives, Job faces difficulties with dignity. He was taking the road to the destination God wanted him to go to. Job lived with dignity because he made a commitment to godly principles in his heart. road are you on? Is it the Christ road? Is, the, is it the narrow road? Is it the way, the truth, and the life? Do you believe in Jesus? Jesus was walking along and he caught up with two people they're on the way to Emmaus. They didn't recognize him. But ask the question, did you hear what's going on? Did you hear about what's going on? They didn't recognize Jesus until they had dinner together and Jesus broke the bread. And in that moment, they recognized who he was. Living by godly principles in your heart keeps you on the path. When you're experiencing a bad time, when you know out of doubt you are a good person, even when you're at the end of the rope. So living an upright life allows you to face life difficulties undaunted. An upright life. A God-centered life. A Jesus-centered life. A life seeking after God's heart. And when you face that difficulty, you continue through undaunted. Well, in your outline, I just noticed that in my my PowerPoint, it's in your interact line. It says, uh, Job says in 31 6, weigh me on a set of honest scales so God has proof of my integrity. You can say dignity. So when we face difficulties, hopefully that will be weighed on honest scales 
and will face life with dignity. So, uh, when will you draw the line? When will you draw the line and say, when you make that commitment to Jesus Christ for the first time? And in your insert at the bottom of the page, there's three ways that you will respond. The past three weeks or so, we've been asking you how to respond. Uh, maybe you want to be baptized. You've never been baptized before. Maybe you want to make a commitment to Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. You want to become a member of the Trinity Church. You can mark that on there as well. You want to talk, uh, be contacted for prayer. I'm available. If you want to, even now, begin to think about this is down the road, didn't have to do it today, but you know, on November 12th, we're going to have our new Consecration Sunday, and we're going to have a breakfast all together in the Friendship Hall. You can mark that. Or if you want to know, want to know more about uh, what training is all about, Pizza the Pastor. That's next Sunday, actually, October 29th. But let me tell you some great news that's happened. Past few weeks, we've been asking people to respond to how to draw a line of sand. And a total of 55 people, and you might be one of them, that drew a line of sand by participating in the May rally that's coming up someday. And that's the three choices that you made. We have 44 people who have donated money. Uh, we have 19 people who are staying on Paint Street in support of the next generation of leaders who are part of the May program. And we're going to have 12 people help with lunch. Now, what that means is that. Somebody in that group vote, uh, volunteered for all three. Others may just one or two. It doesn't matter, but we have 55 people total who made a commitment. Of our total membership, about 500 or close to 500, that's 10%. I wonder if that's good. Just one. Well, in the, in the answer there, you can draw a line and stand by donating. And so far, we've collected $663 for our goal of 900. I think that's fantastic. 900 represents the 900 students that are part of Chill Coffee in Union. As I mentioned before, you can draw a line of sand by uh, standing on Paint Street in support of those students. Or the third is help serve food to, to the students after the rally is over down the, by the city pool. There's 12 people. You can be one of those as well. There's a lot of ways you can support it. Definitely prayers. Our Bible characters, the heroes, they do a line of singing. And that's the person we look up to. Let's pray together. And dear God, I just pray over each strand of the end of our rope. Some of us are all falling apart and we need your anointing and healing. Ask that you bring healing to that person. Others, we have ropes still all together, and, and we have it together. And praise God that you have kept us together by your grace. Lord, allow, allow that strong person, maybe bring assistance to those who feel a little weaker, and, and praying for it and come alongside. God, we ask that you just continue to transform this community, transform each heart in this room. Lord, that's your, your desire for us, to be like you in Jesus' name. Amen.